everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the iHeart Podcast. My name is Jonathan North, and this is the very first completely brand new episode produced specifically for this show. Last year, my friend Sol and I ranked all 20 of Pixar's films from least to most favorite on her YouTube channel, and we had such a good time that I thought it would be fun to do something similar again for this podcast. However, finding an animation studio that we both like enough to have already watched every film they've made, or have a small enough number of films to make watching them all a feasible accomplishment, is kind of a challenge. We both love Disney, but they're getting kind of close to their 60th film, and that's not really a feasible goal to rank that many. Even DreamWorks is creeping up on 40. So instead I thought, why don't we rank all the animated films that were released this past year? Most of the big animation studios put out something, even Netflix has gotten into the animation game, so we definitely have enough material to work with. So that's what we're doing. I did see a few more films than she did, and she saw some different ones than I did, but between the two of us we were able to cover all the big name theatrical releases, as well as a few independent and foreign films. I'm really excited for this one, so I'm not going to belabor the introduction, let's just jump into it. Okay, well, I'll just get started. Since you only have eight and I have 12, let's just do my first four. So my least favorite is The Grinch. That's my number 12. Oh, so I'm glad I didn't watch that one. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a horrible movie, but right. it was very disappointing. I felt it was literally meh, the definition of meh. Like they went too safe. They didn't take enough risks and things like that, which I'm really surprised because when I saw the trails, like, oh, this looks so cute and kind of funny. I'm kind of, you know, here it for it. It looked amazing. Yeah, it looked really good. So, and I actually watched the original Grinch for the first time this year um, and I really enjoyed it. I thought I was going to hate it. But mm. um, so I was like, you know, I'm not like, I didn't grow up. With the original Grinch, so I'm not like biased or nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here if they want to make changes. Like, and so from what I hear from a lot of people, they were like, "No, it was really like meh. Like the story was just very simple." And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of sad because the concept was really cool, and mm-hmm. I enjoy the Lorax, which is a Dr. Seuss film uh, story." Sorry, and I was like, "If they did a really good job, I think in Lorax, that's controversial. Um, I think they would do good for the Grinch, but." guess not so i'm glad i didn't watch that <laughs> mm-hmm. well maybe if you do end up watching it we could do like a comparison mm. episode where we talk about the three different main versions there's actually some other like lesser yeah, known things featuring in the grinch which i might look for but there's like three main versions that everybody knows now and it would be interesting right. to kind of compare yeah there's one that is like 2d i think like hand drawn like a like a special or something like that that one's very known. that was that was like the original original that was from the 60s but they mm-hmm. made a, a sequel to that one that was based on halloween mm-hmm. apparently i know that's my reaction <laughs> okay sure <laughs> yeah i don't know i i kind of want to find it just for curiosity's sake sure <laughs> <laughs> What do you have next? For number 11, I have Smallfoot. That what? One... <laughs> I love that film. Uh... I mean, it was, it was another one that wasn't terrible. Like, I don't hate any of the movies that I'm talking about today. Okay. Like, they're all fine. But there was enough weird things that I thought should have been a little better that I was like, eh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll have that more towards the end. I don't know. There's just some things that didn't feel like they meshed very well together. Yeah, and it was a lot, a lot of concept. things thrown together that I don't know. I mean, it was fine. I I enjoyed it, and I if they make a sequel, I'll see a sequel. But right, meh. you think there will be a sequel? Wasn't didn't it do pretty well in the box office? Oh, I haven't checked on that. Uh, two hundred fourteen million. Which? What was the budget? Oh, let me check budget. It was eighty million. Oh, well, then it more than doubled its budget. So there will probably be a sequel. What studio is this? Sony? What, what is it? No. It was... I think that was Warner Brothers. Because I so remember thinking that, that it was Sony. Studios? Somebody said that. it wasn't. Because he has kind of like the vibe of Sony. Like the mm-hmm. face of the characters. You're going to be surprised where I have Smallfoot. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, well, for number 10, I have Next Gen. And for people who don't know, this was a Netflix film. Mm-hmm. And this was another one. I didn't think it was bad at all. It was actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. So it just ended up being more toward the end of my list because I liked 
most oh, of what I saw this this year. Nice, that's cool. I'm just gonna wait my for my thoughts for next okay. gen later. <laughs> then number nine, I have Early Man. Mm, this was awesome. Ardman's feature film. Right. I I really like this. I know a lot of people who are Ardman fans were just kind of met on it. Really? I thought it was creative and funny. And yeah, it was kind of a sports film. And I'm not really a sports fan. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't really care about soccer. But I thought it was funny and creative the way they incorporated soccer into this prehistoric film. And just everything that they put in, I thought was really creative. It's Aardman. So yeah, I think that's the reason why I didn't watch it, because I do personally like that style of animation. You know, Chicken Run, a classic, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do enjoy that. Uh, Wells and Gromage, it's a great film. But I don't know, it's just like you said, the, the whole, I'm not into sport films, so I think that's the reason why I didn't watch it. And also just the combination between prehistoric stuff and mid-soccer, I just feel like a weird combination. Mm-hmm. But... I don't want to judge it because I haven't seen it. I might give it a try, but it didn't look terrible. I, I'd rather have them take a risk than doing something that has been told a thousand times, you know? Mm-hmm. So I appreciate yeah. the risk. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it regardless because I love Ardman. So mm-hmm. I was willing to give it a chance, even though I'm not a big sports movie fan. And I thought it was creative enough that it didn't feel like a sports movie. Even yeah, I kind of want to watch it because of the voice work. Because Eddie Redmayne is in yeah. it. Um, oh, the, who else was in it? Like a lot of great people. Mm-hmm. So I want to. Did you like their work in it? Or yeah, the, everybody was great. I, nice. Like he, I think Eddie Redmayne was perfect for the main character, and they had a lot of other people in the, like the other caveman roles that I thought mm-hmm. they did a great job. It, I can't think of a lot of their names right now, but they were all really funny. That's cool. Okay, so now we're getting into the eight and beyond. So why don't you give me your number eight? Okay, I actually, um, I think this one came out this year. I hope so. I don't hate this film at all. I think it's a great children's film. Um, the film is Peter Rabbit. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about that one. To put it's on, on Netflix, I think. Pretty yeah, sure. I know what you're talking about. And it's technically is a Sony Animation Pictures mm-hmm. movie. I don't, right. I have not seen that, so you'll have to, you can give me your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. it. I Like, I don't know why exactly it's in my lowest one. I think it's because I can't remember much of it. It's mm-hmm. not that memorable. I think that's why I put it, because there's other films which I didn't enjoy as much, but I still remember more sort of it. And this one, it's like, I watched it and I had a good time. I, I was like, this is nice, but it just wasn't that memorable. I did like the acting, because there's, you know, a mix of... Um, live action and animation. I think yeah. the CGI was pretty nice. Uh, just story was fun, but I think it was more targeted to kids, you know? Yeah. So that's, but I don't think it's an awful film at all. I think it's pretty entertaining. Yeah, the trailers made it look horrible, but I heard mm-hmm. from lots of people that it wasn't as bad as the trailers looked. Right. I've never read the original like book or anything. I was watching this with my boyfriend who has indeed read them. Uh, read them, sorry, and he was like, this is completely different from the books, mm-hmm. like 100%. But would you, something that I don't, I mean, it's not a spoiler, but there's a little bit of um, 2D animation, which I really appreciated, and I was like, that is, I like that. Since we don't get to see that often anymore, mm-hmm. I really like that there was a little bit of CGI, a little bit of live action, a little bit of um, hand-drawn animation. I don't know, I like, I like that aspect. Yeah. What do you have for the last one? Yeah, for number eight, that's where I have Teen Titans go to the movies. Oh, I almost watched that one on on the plane. Because I'm like, I was watching the trailer and like, I've never seen the original show, Titans or really Mm -hmm. any of it. So it's like, would I get it? Uh, Am I the right target for this? I'd only seen like two episodes when I watched the movie. So I need to watch the show. And I don't know. I just, when I watch the trailer it just seemed like very like slapstick comedy like there's this balloon character that is like farting for like i don't know for how long it's like oh this is really not my humor so i think that's the reason why which i was upset because it's 2d and i was like i really want to support them because we need more of 2d animation but it's just i didn't want to spend my money in a film i knew i wasn't necessarily gonna you know like the humor but yeah it was 
there was a lot of crude humor in it. However, it was also super clever. Like really? it's one of those things where like if it, if it had not had a lot of the in jokes and nods to the comics and been extremely smart, like it was right. a very smart movie. If it hadn't had that kind of stuff, I probably would have hated this movie because there was a lot of potty humor. And I am not a fan of yeah. potty humor. And it was chock full of it. But I, I feel like the fact that it was chock full of that kind of humor and I still really liked it, I wow. feel like that speaks to the quality of the writing because it was so smart. I think it would have been a lot higher on my list if it hadn't had so much potty humor. Yeah. There was like whole sequences involving people going to the bathroom in a prop toilet. It was like oh it went on way too long. And I was like, we don't Ugh. need this. This movie is smart enough without the stupid baby humor because this is put in here for little kids. Like right. toddlers and six up to like six years. Well, if you're my brothers, you probably would have liked it well into your teens. <laughs> but but still, if for little kids, basically, we don't need this. It's smart enough without it. But mm-hmm. I mean, I still enjoyed it a lot because it was very smart and very well written. It just right. had a lot of extra things that weren't needed. What I'm thinking is, will the kids, because it's interesting, because I feel like what you're saying is like, there's a lot of like, you know, potty humor for the kids watching this, mm-hmm. but more of like the reference to the movies and comics, and that's more for the adults, because I don't think yeah. the kids would necessarily get that. There was so like, much in there that I don't think the kids would it would just fly right over their head. I don't think they would understand half of the stuff that I thought was hilarious. Right. Which like I've been watching movies and shows and reading these things since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So I've, I know what all they're talking about in these really clever jokes that they're filling the movie with. But yeah, little kids, I don't think they're going to understand any of the references. Which they... I feel like I'm in their situation because I have seen some DC films, but I've never read the comics. Most of the films I haven't seen. So that was also another reason which I was like, mm, should I watch, should I not? Because I didn't want to critique it knowing that I wasn't the audience they made it for. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty much my reason. I was like, I don't want to give them a bad review if I'm like, oh, this is boring. No, because I'm not its target. I don't, I haven't seen the films. I haven't, I'm not familiar with the DC world. So yeah, yeah I was really excited to hear from you since you like the, the world better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's worth watching if you're a comic book fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know about a non-comic book fan, though. <laughs> like a comic yeah. book movie fan. Like if you if you have like no familiarity with any of these characters, I don't think you'll get a whole lot out of it. I don't know. Yeah. I guess it would be interesting to see what a non-comic book movie <laughs> thought about it, but. Yeah, it's the main audience for this is little kids and comic book fans. And how do you feel about movies doing that? Like doing movies for a specific audience and like if you are not inside the circle, you won't enjoy it. Do you feel that that's good? Is it not good? What do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's fine. I just think that they need to make sure that they have their expectations in the right place and how much the movie is going to make. Because the movie did well, but only because it had such a small budget. Like, if it had had, like, a $100 million budget, it would have bombed. Mm. But since it only had, like, a $10 million budget, it did well for right. for making back what it, what it put out. So as long as they keep their expectations in check, I think it's fine. Just don't overspend on the movie if you're not, if you know it's going to be a niche audience. I think for me about, like, the whole targeting aspect is that, like, I think it's good to have the references. I feel like... I love watching films and if I'm part of the like fandom be like oh I get this it's like a treat I like that but I think it's important for them not to just rely on those little like treats and to just also focus on story and characters and things like that so that the whole purpose of watching the film is not just this cool references but Mm -hmm. you also can get out and like having a good experience with developed characters and like good story I don't know I I think that would make it more inclusive I think in that respect, people can enjoy it without knowing all of the references because it is a well-written story and actually a musical. So, (laughs) yeah, it is. So there's a lot going on for it beyond just the comic book stuff. But even still, I feel like the main people who are going to like it are the people who watch DC movies or the DC TV shows or have seen the cartoons. That's the people who are going to enjoy it the most. But if some, I think if somebody was like dragged there against their will, they wouldn't have a horrible time. I think it's entertaining enough. 
It's just, it's probably not going to make anyone's top 10 list yeah. of movies for the year if they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Cool. So up next, um, I have Hotel Transylvania 3. That's where I have that too. On no number way! Seven. Yay! <laughs> so I enjoyed the second one. Was it a fun time? I think so. It wasn't like a film that I was like, oh, wow, I wasted my money on it. No, I had a fun. I was, was I super excited about the third one? Not necessarily, but I was like, let's see where this goes. I found the film entertaining, but I just really, really dislike how they, um, the relationship between Johnny and, what's her name? Mavis? Mavis, whatever. The, yeah, I think the, so. The, yeah. It's like, they seem more like siblings than like romantic relationship. It's just like, they, I don't know, they almost don't, like the whole point of the first film was them, and then they just kind of like forgot about them. It's like... I don't know, I wish there was more of them. And I like the music in this film. I don't know, I, I enjoy the film, but I feel like there, there was a lot of flaws in it. It felt weak. Yeah, I can see that. But beyond that, I really liked this movie. Yeah, it was fun. It was definitely fun. I, I especially, I liked the end. Like, the end was... Oh my gosh, the dance sequence? Yes. <laughs> that was so ridiculous and over the top and... Just hilarious. Yeah. I, I, I remember being in the theater and like they started playing the Macarena song and like, it, it actually, I wanted to start dancing, which <laughs> is a good feeling when you're watching a film, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I feel like this has a lot of replay value for me. Like the story, mm-hmm. it's a bit cliche and yeah. it's, it's, not, it's no Pixar film for sure, but for sure. it's definitely watchable and for me at least, definitely rewatchable. I would, oh yeah, I'd, for sure. No problem watching this over and over. <laughs> I don't know if I would watch it over and over. Well, but... not like in a row, but like maybe every few months I could, if somebody wanted to watch it, I would right. have a problem watching it. Yeah, it's definitely not a terrible film. It, I just, like, I wish I'd just seen it so I could tell you specifically all my thoughts. But for me, it was just good, but not great. It wasn't like, you know, mm-hmm. Toy Story 3 ending. It was just, it was okay. It was fun time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely fun. And I love cruises, so that was also fun. I just wish we had visited more places, because that would have been fun. Yeah, the, there's there was a lot of potential for this film, and they they did they did well with what they did. Right. But they could they could have done more. But maybe I completely wrong. agree. There was potential for more. The concept was good, but the execution could have been better. Yeah. yeah. We'll see what they do with the fourth one, because I'm sure there'll be a fourth one. <laughs> like, oh my god! Do you think so? Enough. Like, I think, didn't this one make more than the other ones, even? So, wow. So, what do you have for this spot? That's, I had the same thing. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yay. Okay. So, next, I have Sherlock Gnomes. And that one I did not see. That was the one that I missed. Oh, really? I was going to try and get it watched, but I, I didn't. Okay. So, the first one I liked. It was sweet. I liked the concept. Romeo and Juliet has been told a thousand times, but, and then when I see they're doing Sherlock Gnomes, I was like, what? <laughs> it just feels so bizarre. And so I went and watched it and I personally enjoyed it. There are many okay. plot flaws, not gonna lie, but I did like the humor a lot. There was a lot of smart references towards Sherlock Holmes and Elton John, because the first one is all based on Elton John's music, yeah. So I did like that there was very discreet jokes and I just really like that kind of humor. And I thought it was just, you know, again, I love when films take risks. I love the animation, the fact that you can see them and they literally look like these fragile little things um, because they're like, you know, garden gnomes. They're not plastic. These are very like fragile. So I think the animation was really nice. So I enjoyed it. It was like a very different film. I, I liked Again, it's not, wow, I, I, I will have to rewatch this a thousand times. But I think it was overall a cool concept that a lot of people were very, you know, oh, no, like we're judging it. But if you give it a chance, I think you're going to have a fun time. I enjoy the humor, the animation. Um, I don't remember much of the music, but from what I remember, it was really nice. So, yeah. yeah. I, I never saw it. It looked kind of horrible to me. So I did not go out of my way to see it. <laughs> I did I did want to watch it before we did this and then I just had too much going on. I didn't get a right. watch. 
You so, should watch it later and let me know what you think. <laughs> I, I don't know anyone else who have seen it. Yeah, I don't know. It's on Netflix, I believe. So. Oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> you have no nope. excuse now. <laughs> <laughs> for for number six, that's where I have Sergeant Stubby, an American hero. So this was <laughs> this was an indie film that was highly recommended by Rachel. Mm-hmm. Rachel was going on and on about how great <laughs> this movie was, and I I did not hear about it anywhere else. Like Rachel's mm-hmm. the only person I heard about this movie from. I never right. saw commercials. I never saw trailers. I it probably didn't even play near me. Mm-hmm. So I had to go out of my way to find a copy to watch because I wanted to watch it before I did this because Rachel said how great it was. And it was actually really good, like surprisingly good. And the animation was nearly like DreamWorks Sony level. Wow. Like, and this is an independent film. So I was expecting something that looked like. Does this go to theaters or was it? Apparently, but it probably had a limited run. Right. And that's, huh. that's, I don't know why they do limited runs of these things, because nobody can see them. If, they're, if there's no advertising and they're in there for a week, who's going to go watch it? I, I never get to see them, because unless it's something that's totally on my radar and I'm waiting to find out when it's going to come out, it's, it's not going to happen. And I think right. that's probably what happened with this. Apparently, they had to even fight to get it on DVD and Blu-ray, like Whoa. there was nobody willing to pick it up. I think Paramount finally got the rights to put it out. And I don't I don't really know how well it's doing, but I hope it's doing well enough that the studio can keep making films because it's actually good. It's a based on a true story. It's Yeah, I saw about, the trailer for him. Like yeah, it, it, I think it's, it's about a little dog who was in I I think it was either World War One or World War Two. I yeah, World War One. So the dog he was an actual like quote unquote soldier in World War One. And it was just it was such a cute story. It was like a it was cute and real at the same time. Like Rachel pointed out that they found a way to like realistically portray war in in a way that's not going to be scarring for little kids. Right. Like they 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 were able to show like the realities of war without being graphic and gruesome and terrifying right and Which that's very hard to do it is and they did it so well like any hmm. if someone died it wasn't it wasn't like shown on screen you just right. they did it in such a way that you know what happened but they didn't like linger on the body or something like that something that a little kid might find horrifying they, right. and, and war is not a, like a topic you see a lot in kids' films, so no, that's a cool risk. No, like, and if it, I don't think I would like it if they just made up a story, like yeah, I don't know. Like I read historical fiction about different periods of time like this when I was a kid, mm-hmm. but it feels weird to like make a movie out of that. I don't know. Right? No, I agree. This actually happened, so it felt different. I guess it. It felt like something that, I don't know, a way to give kids a history lesson without making up some fantastic story about the war or whatever. Right. A realistic look at that period of time through the eyes of a little dog who actually lived. So he doesn't die in the end, right? No, the dog doesn't die. Okay. (laughs) I think it would be lower on the list if the dog died. (laughs) Because they can't do that. That's the one thing films can do. Once they kill the dog, bye. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it was was fine. So, yeah, I would really recommend this one if you haven't. Nice. Now that I've seen it, I think I'm probably going to buy it for my nice. my brother's kids because my brother went to Afghanistan. So mm-hmm. I don't know. This might be a good way to like teach them about soldiers or whatever. That's really know. cool. Nice. Well, yeah, it was good. I recommend it if you can find a copy. Cool. So up next, oh, is, see, this film doesn't deserve to be this low, but I take this film more of like how I felt watching it. Mm-hmm. And that is Ralph Breaks the Internet. Oh, really? Yeah. So um, this film, I I think we talked about this briefly, or I don't know, I mentioned it somewhere. 
that when I was watching this film, I haven't had this feeling such a long time where I was like, when is this over? How, how much long is this going to like go? Really? I was so bored. So, so bored. And I'm like trying to understand why. Like, and I think it's just because the internet for me is so interesting. I was like, so I love the first film. And I don't know, just this one, like I really, really disliked the ending. The whole like mini Ralph. That for me was very disturbing. And yes, it's cool that the villain is, it's some, not like a, a physical villain. It's more of like an internal thing, mm-hmm. right? That's cool, but it just didn't feel as exciting or fun to me. The only parts that I really enjoyed was the princesses because, mm-hmm. and we were all uh, skeptical about that, but yeah. I loved every second of them. And then when they appear again, I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yes. um, I want them to do like a short with them, with them. That oh, would be so much fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just for me, Ralph was so unlikable in this film, which, you know, you don't have to like the main protagonist for a film to be good. I totally get that. But it's just for me, it was hard to follow the story when someone is so dislikable, you know? Mm. And I know he was made to be dislikable so that you can see the character arc, which it's a great thing about storytelling for someone to change. But I, I don't think this is a bad film. It's just there were things that really bothered me for some random mm-hmm. reason. But I don't think it's a bad film. Like I, I said in the beginning, I don't feel like it deserves to be this low in the list, but I didn't enjoy at all watching this film. I was just very bored and, and, and very disappointed because I was really looking forward to it. Um, yeah. Oh, well, maybe it's <laughs> one of those films that if you watch it again, it'll grow on you. Maybe. Maybe I want too much like high expectations it could be because that, that be. can that can kill a movie for people because mm-hmm. i really really like the first one mm. and so i don't know something i was surprised is like i was sure that um the character yes was going to be the villain and i kind of wondered about that too yeah because disney has done this so many times i'm, like, I'm glad they did it i was glad but at the same time i was like she would have been her character for me was very boring like she had if she had been the villain at least she would have something to it for me she Mm -hmm. was just super bland and i was like oh i thought she was gonna be i expected her to be kind of like a disgust from inside out you know with more sassiness and i don't know i just didn't get its full potential i feel like but yeah those are my thoughts (laughs) a lot of people will disagree with me i know but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll talk about it more when I get to it because it's okay. on my list. <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. It's really like a, I'm just a weirdo. I know. <laughs> All right, you're fine. It's it's. I guess I can see why. I can see why some people wouldn't like it. Mm-hmm. I just I did like it. So <laughs> yeah. For yeah. number five, this is where I have. This is another, not really independent, but this is a foreign film, Mirai, or oh. Mirai of the Future, depending on where you're reading because i think it's i've seen both titles Mm -hmm. either way um have you seen this one no (laughs) okay (laughs) i i didn't think so because not a whole lot of people have seen it but it apparently was nominated for an oscar so wow that'll help get it out there more um this was really good um i'm sorry is this 2d is this cgi 2d it's from japan by mamoru husada He's done quite a lot of pretty big animated movies, anime type movies. The first one I remember seeing is The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. But that one I don't remember much of. It's been so long since I've seen it. It didn't leave a huge impression on me. I think I was expecting more sci-fi. And I remember it was mainly about this girl who's like living a normal life. And she just happened to be able to time travel. (laughs) I I don't remember a whole lot of it. There wasn't enough sci-fi stuff for my liking, I guess. But he also did Summer Wars, which is another big one. This this one I liked a lot more. This is I'm trying to think of which movie would be best to compare it to. I wanted to say like Ralph Breaks the Internet because mm-hmm. it's sort of like that, but it's about people going in to to the internet. So it's not like video game characters going into the internet, it's like actual right. humans going into the internet. Huh. So that one's another one that he did that I really liked. He also did Wolf Children recently and The Boy and the Beast. Those were those were 
big ones too. Like I I heard a lot more people talking about those than I did like Summer Wars and the Girl Up Through Time. Yeah, this one, Mirai is about, it's a weird choice for a protagonist. It's about a four-year-old. <laughs> Maybe he was three, I don't know. It didn't seem like it had a huge potential to be like amazing or anything because mm-hmm. like not, not a lot of people are going to like totally connect with a four-year-old. <laughs> but they did it in such a way that you understood how the four-year-old was feeling and at the same time, I could, it was like, yeah, I don't really want kids because this kid is a brat. <laughs> but he was realistic. Like, he was an only child for so long, and then his parents bring home a baby sister. And he's, I think he's excited at first, but he quickly realizes that this isn't all it's cracked up to be. And at one point, he's like going to smack her in the face with a toy train. Is this kind of like Boss Baby? <laughs> No, this is like a real child. Like he's actually like learning to deal with his feelings of jealousy right. and feeling like his parents are abandoning him. Aww. But they're not, of course. They're just super right. busy with this new baby. Right. So then it kind of takes a turn because it sort of becomes like I heard people comparing it to a Christmas carol. Because <laughs> he's started yeah, he's visited by spirits from the past, present, and future no way. who start to teach him like how he can be a better person and how he needs to appreciate his sister more. Like from the future mm-hmm. comes his baby sister, but as a teenager. No so he way. Comes That's back cool. in time to like teach him how to be a better person. And from the present, his dog comes to life as like a humanoid person. Mm-hmm. Like basically it's a human but he has a tail so but it's still the dog's personality in this person and then different figures from his past like his great-grandfather and his mother show up like his mother his age and his great-grandfather as the age he was in a picture that he'd seen Mm -hmm. but his great-grandfather i think was in world war ii i believe and he like rode motorcycles and he was just a cool guy mm-hmm. so all of these people start showing up or he goes there like he goes in the past and it's never really explained like why this is happening which right. part of me is like i want some explanation but another part of me is like well there's no explanation in a christmas carol so let's just go yeah. with it <laughs> and it's written so well and you like the characters so much that after a while it doesn't matter anymore like who cares that there's no explanation this is a great story and i really enjoyed it and i it's another one that i highly recommend if you can find it somewhere to watch that sounds actually really interesting like yeah. that one i'm really looking forward to watch yeah that sounds definitely. like something i'm really gonna enjoy so the next two is like i feel like they're in the same place for different reasons so i'm just gonna say one but it's not necessarily one better than the other one they're just Mm-hmm. different so it's hard for me to pick so i have small foot i really 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 enjoy this film because i really like the message of like it, it's just a, a message that is very like abstract but also very direct in a way it's like maybe if you're a kid you don't get it but if you're an adult you're like oh i totally see what they're doing and it's it's done in such a smart way i think and it's something you know hard to talk about because it's something kind of controversial you know it's talking about religion it's talking about politics in a very Mm -hmm. in your face way and i thought it was really cool to see that uh in a kid's film it it was just very interesting for me and you know i wish that it was more like that the entire time there was some moments where i feel like i was watching an ice age film i was like a bit kiddie yeah i wish it was more of like the, the other stuff but I just left the film thinking, wow, this was so cool, so different from anything I've seen before. And I had a great time. I really like the music, surprisingly. Um, mm-hmm. the, the song Zendaya sings, I think it's beautiful. Yeah, it kind of gave me a Colors of the Wind vibe. Um, so yeah, I, I think it was overall, you know, I had flaws. Like definitely, like you said, there was a lot of things they try to do. And for me, at times it felt like too kid like for kids, like the humor. But then for me, it just really surprised me the whole like element of religion and politics, which was done very well, in my opinion. 
but yeah, yeah that that part i thought was really well written yeah it's just there was a whole lot of other stuff in there that just felt right. really weird to throw in and mix together and mm-hmm. i mean it was not a bad film and i'd watch it again and i'd watch mm-hmm. a sequel it just didn't get right. up as high on my list mm-hmm. no that's completely cool i i loved it uh what do you have for this one for number four, I have Isle of Dogs. Yeah, this one was <laughs> not really a kid's movie, but mm-hmm. it was really good. I knew I was going to like it, but I I didn't know that I thought I was going to like it enough that it was going to get this high on my list. Mm-hmm. Like, it was it was like surprisingly good. For, for people who don't know, it's about, well, it's about dogs, of course, but it's, <laughs> it's a fictional... I don't know if it's supposed it's supposed to be modern day I guess but it's like a fictional version of Japan where dogs are being outlawed because they have this fictional disease and the government is ruled by people who love cats more than dogs (laughs) which I mean technically I'm a cat person so you'd think I'd be rooting for the people who like cats but they weren't nice so I'm I'm for the all the dogs the dogs are basically shipped off to a place called Trash Island. Oh, lovely. <laughs> and they're just left there. Like, they they abandon all Aww. dogs on this island. And the dogs eventually start getting together and decide they're going to, like, try and get back because a little boy shows up looking for his mm-hmm. dog. However, Aww. the people in the movie aside from one or two here and there, all speak Japanese. What? So the dogs voice, the dogs are voiced by English actors who speak. Uh-huh. So you are, you're watching this movie from the point of view of the dogs. That's and the dogs, cool. the dogs can't understand the people because the people are speaking human, but they're in right. Japanese. So you can't understand them either. And It'd be I just, cool if you're bilingual and you can understand both. <laughs> that's true. That would be a very cool experience. But I just thought that was such a genius idea to have oh, the sure. movie be mostly in another language so that you're just as lost as the dogs as to what the people are saying. There are a few people, like there's some translators here and there and like news broadcasts that are in mm-hmm. English. And there is a foreign exchange student who speaks English. But other than that, everybody else speaks Japanese. And no I just thought that was so clever. That and is very clever. All the voice actors were great. Like they have Brian Cranston as one of the dogs, uh, Jeff Goldblum. They have all these huge big name actors as the dogs. And it's just so much fun to listen to them <laughs> do their thing because they got all, the, mm-hmm. they're not normally voice actors, but they're all like really good actors. And I just thought they did such a great job. It was, it was a really good movie. Like I said, it's not really a kid's movie. Like some older kids might like it, but there's some stuff that like bothers some children. Right. But for adults, definitely go see it. For older kids, probably go see it. It's it's a great movie. That's so fantastic because like, I mean, there's a lot of people who say, oh, animation is just for kids. It's not. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of the Pixar films, a lot of the DreamWorks films are like mostly adults, like enjoy mm-hmm. it. And also kids, they have that great thing. But like, for example, there's a lot of films I feel like have come out lately that are more towards children, like Trolls, Captain Underpants, um, the Teen Titans one. Like there's a, like a lot of focus for kids. So it's really nice and refreshing to see a film made just for adults that is animated. Yeah. It really yeah. breaks the stereotype. And I think it's wonderful. And the fact that it's nominated for an Oscar is also fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So up next, I have Next Gen. Um, it's just, I like this film because it's so weird and so different. And mm-hmm. I, it was, maybe because I went with so kind of like low expectations. I was like, oh, this is on Netflix. I'm going to check it out. Why not? And it exceeded my expectations so much. It was, yeah. it took a lot of risks. Uh, it was very creative, innovative. I, I just like the animation was very different also. It just surprised me in many ways. And because I went with so low expectations, I, I ended up so like shocked by it and really liked mm-hmm. it. But I just really like how different it was. The only thing I didn't like was the main protagonist. She was 
bratty and annoying at times. Uh, which uh, if I don't like the main protagonist, it's a bit hard to enjoy the film. But I liked everything else so much that I kind of ignored her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I I really liked that movie too more than I thought I was going to. I would have seen this in the theater. I wish they would have put it in the theater. Right. I think more people would have seen it if they had mm-hmm. given it a theatrical release because it definitely was the quality to be that. Oh, yeah. Number three. What's your number three then? Number three, that's where I have Incredibles 2. Mm. This, I really like this one, and I'm kind of surprised that it didn't end up like at the top of my list because Pixar. <laughs> like, Pixar is always the best. But this year was just, there was a wealth of great am- animation. And yeah. Pixar was not as good as what came after it, to me mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah. And I don't know. I I really liked this movie. I thought there was so many creative sequences and the 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 they brought the characters all back and they they gave them good character growth rather than just retreading everything that happened in the first film because some sequels have a tendency to like, oh, here's your favorite characters again doing the same things again. Mm-hmm. This is this is new things, giving them new scenarios and just building on the characters from what you saw before and doing it in a creative way. Like everything that happened in the movie was like really creative and fun to watch. Plus it had like one of my favorite animated sequences of the year with baby Jack Jack and that raccoon. <laughs> I love that scene so much. It was so genius. Like even if you haven't seen the movie, and you don't think if if you don't think you'll see this movie, at least watch that scene because that scene is worth watching. It's just so well animated, well timed. Like they nailed the facial expression of that raccoon. It was like watching a new Looney Tunes cartoon almost. It was just so good. Yeah. But beyond that, it's just great characters. I I I loved the movie. It was so good. So my way of responding to that is I'm just going to jump to my number two because my number two is incredible too. So I'm just going to talk about that now. I think this film is great. Like really, really great. My, my problem with it is that it is pretty much a copy paste from the first one, just gender. Like just now Helen is the one doing the missions and working for the body guy. It's like pretty much almost the same story as the first one, but just flip, you know, Helen and Bob. Which I was like, mm. and then what I didn't like was the villain. I don't think it was like, we all knew who it was going to be. It was pretty obvious. It wasn't, yeah. and the motives weren't so, like, you know, Syndrome's motive in the first one was like, oh, okay, I can see it. Her in this one, she seemed more, less developed, less interesting. I just totally saw it coming. But those are my only negatives. The rest, I absolutely love i think it's more rewatchable in the first one um mm-hmm. the animation is gorgeous you compare them side to side to the original one it's like wow animation has really yeah. improved um it's just all the small details from the clothing the hair everything's just flawless beautiful beautiful and i just what i really like about this film is how real it was you know it something that it's very likable about the first film and this one is how Yes, it's a superhero film, but it's also a family film. It talks about mm-hmm. the problems with the families. And this film takes place in the 60s, right? And so, like, seeing Bob struggle so much having the woman do the job at that time was, like, a big deal, right? Because yeah. women were not like now who are, like, you know, we get to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there was more... It, there was a conflict, and you could see that. And I, I thought it was, like, that's cool that they went there. Um, I personally, my favorite part was just seeing... Uh, Violet's story like when she goes to that cafe place and she like gets that drink off her nose (laughs) that was so relatable I was like (laughs) yes I love that uh I just really enjoyed this film it just had a lot of heart when um Violet goes to no when when was it when she has her moment with her dad it's like you're trying your best and everything like that it was just a lot of heart that I really really like it was very tender and real and raw and yeah and the superhero stuff was freaking phenomenal it mm-hmm. was wonderful seeing elastic girl do her thing and there was this one sitting with screensaver with the lighting was kind of crazy and i was like i can't see <laughs> but <laughs> everything else was so fun with the action but i for me the highlight was more like the family aspect of yeah. it and we had edna mode back which i was a little disappointed with her scene but because I, I feel there could have been more of her a little bit but 
you know, with what we had, it was so funny. And I love her. Mm-hmm. She's like, I literally, you saw me. I dressed up as her for Halloween because yeah. she's one of my all-time favorite characters. Um, so, yeah, Incredible Sue is fantastic. Absolutely great. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the stuff with the family, even though, like you said, it was sort of a reversal of the first one, it yeah. still didn't feel like they were treading the same waters because of, like, I don't know, the gender politics of the time. Right. It felt new and interesting. Mm-hmm. Even if it was similar, it felt different enough that it felt fresh. I yeah. I thought it was really creative and really well done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so for my number two, this is where I have Ralph Breaks the Internet. Like, I had a really <laughs> tough time trying to figure out where I was going to put in Ralph Breaks the Internet and Incredibles 2. Like, mm-hmm. they, they kind of went back and forth for a while because they were they're both kind of on par with each other. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was beyond the amazing animation. I really enjoyed the story and I thought it was, I don't know, brave of them to like tackle such a non-child friendly storyline, like toxic friendships, like, Mm-hmm. trying to one friend trying to hold the other friend back for their own selfish reasons and then having to realize that they're kind of being the bad guy in this situation mm-hmm. I just thought that it was so creative and well done and kind of like a good lesson for kids like this is probably not something that kids are going to be thinking about mm-hmm. like realizing that friendships can have a toxic element if one of them is trying to hold the other one back just for just because they want them to stay where they are because mm-hmm. they're not moving it anywhere in their own life and yeah. they did it in such a way that i mean i don't want to say fu- it was fun because like that element of it wasn't exactly fun but the story that they told with it had so much in it that was fun and it mm-hmm. was so creative and genius that I just, I thought it was great. Plus all the stuff, like all the in-jokes and hidden things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I thought it was kind of genius, the fact that they brought in a bunch of YouTubers to play different, yeah. like either, either mini roles or main roles. Like I, a lot of people aren't even going to notice this, but one of Shank's crew was Glozel Green. I don't know if you know who that no, is. Yeah, yeah, the girl with yeah. the green lipstick. Yes, <laughs> she played one of Shank's crew. No because the um, only one I noticed that I knew was, was uh, Miranda Sings. Yes. She, she was like the main one that people are going to notice. Yeah. But I know they had a bunch of different ones that I'd never heard of. Mm-hmm. But even though I'd never heard of them, I thought it was cool that they had them in there for like, Oh, that's fans. really cool. Yeah. So I just tying all that internet stuff in, I thought was genius. Like my main negative is how they portrayed youtube to work like it yeah was thank like, you it was, it was so unrealistic like, like the fact you're gonna make twenty four thousand dollars in a day in youtube like that's no, ridiculous especially for someone just starting out exactly I mean, that's I probably know. the main thing that like bothered me i was like no <laughs> unless unless yes was like rigging the algorithm because i guess she sort of was the algorithm Maybe. that's the only way but it was never portrayed that she was like rigging the algorithm. It just was made to seem like this is the natural way that things work on YouTube. Yeah. And that is not how things work on YouTube. Yeah, I just wish it was, if they had only lowered down the number to say $200, like that yeah, could happen. Sure. But they put in such an unrealistic number that I was like, I, I can't get past that. And I know it's a like a fictitious world, a fantasy, mm-hmm. but when you mix real life stuff as well, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to see past that, you know? Yeah. Um, But other than that, I really liked it. Cool. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely really, for me, really great things. Like, besides the princess, I really like uh, Nosemore, the Google stuff. Mm -hmm. The concept was so creative, like, with the autocorrect. Genius. Love that. Um, For me, something that I want to talk to you about. It's like, the Emoji movie got a lot of hate um mainly because there was a lot of product placement you know apps um youtube buzzfeed not buzzfeed yeah like all all different apps spotify and people were like um i was talking to a friend he's like the reason 
um, Wreck-It Ralph is going to do so well because they're not going to use like name brands. And then I'm watching the film and I can watch IMDb, I can watch eBay, mm-hmm. Wikipedia. And I'm like, why didn't people make such a, why did people make such a big deal with the Emoji movie? But when it comes to Disney, they're like, oh, I'm going to let it pass. That was so, something that I was like, mm, I'm not a fan of that. The deal with the Emoji movie, from what I can tell, the Emoji movie used brands that gave them money Mm-hmm. to give them a spot in the movie and not just like a passing glance at them like right. like in Wreck-It Ralph or Ralph mm-hmm. the Internet. You could see all these different brands in the background. Like mm-hmm. there was tons of brands in the background. Yeah, a but lot. Those brands, they were there because they wanted them to be integrated naturally and those brands did not pay them for a spot in the movie. They just didn't say anything when they put them in. Like... Technically, I guess the brands could have sued them for using their, their <laughs> logos, but they didn't because that would be bad Publicity. for them. They were just yeah. there as a natural part of the internet. But right. the Emoji Movie, these brands were paying for a spot in the movie, and there were scenes written around those brands. Like, right. I have not seen the movie, and I, I should so that I can criticize it more freely, right. but from what people have told me, there were there was like a long sequence in the movie where they were in an app yeah like specifically, i've seen the movie uh, just dance candy crush which yes one? they were there was scenes built around those apps because those apps paid for a spot so basically right. there were commercials in the movie written yeah. in the movie and that's but what people didn't the like the way I, I saw it i feel like it all i mean when i watched the emoji movie i didn't see it as a commercial because i didn't watch the Candy Crush scene and be like, oh, I want to play Candy Crush. Honestly, no, <laughs> not at all, because I've never played that game. For me, what I like about that film was that, like, you really get to explore the apps, whether in this one, I feel like you, they barely, I don't know, this, like, uh, when you watch the Emoji movie, I'm not saying it's a great film, but there were some aspects I did enjoy. They go to Spotify, and it's all like wavelengths, so it's like a river, and there's like, mm-hmm. and it's a music, so it's very creative in that sense. Yeah. And I wish we had seen more of that kind of things with Record Ralph, um, because for example, I think it would have been so cool to get inside um, Wikipedia. Like there was a little like hint of that. It's just it's so interesting the internet to me that I feel like they just kind of barely touched on it. Mm-hmm. But again, it's it, it's hard. I mean, I rather have them go to places for specific reasons for the plot than just random places just cause. Yeah. But yeah, it just left me wanting more, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that, I think this is the same criticism that people had of the first Wreck-It Ralph. Like, mm-hmm. they wanted more video yeah. game stuff. They wanted people, to, they wanted them to go into, like, the actual well-known video games. Yeah. And they felt like they spent too much time in just one or two of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I can see that, but at the same time, they're using the world's in ways that benefit their story rather than building the story around specific places. And I think that that's smart and a better way to write a story rather than trying to write the story around a specific place. But like, I mean, I'm not going to say that maybe the Moji movie is better than I think. So who knows? But Mm -hmm. like, that's the main reason is because they were using it as a, just as a way of like showing off, this app or this thing rather than having it naturally integrated into the story. They were building the story around it because mm-hmm. they paid the money to get it in there. Right. Which, I mean, it can work. Like there's nothing wrong with product placement if it feels right. And I, I'm not going to, I should, I shouldn't like criticize it. Cause I don't know for sure right. without seeing it, but yeah. like, that's the main reason that people were more upset, I guess. About right. How did you feel about the ending about her leaving um, her video game? I thought that that was really brave of them to do that. Yeah, Rather right? Than have it go back to like the status quo of, well, she lives here and he lives there and they visit each other every day. It's like they totally changed things up. And I thought that, mm-hmm. that was really smart yeah. and bold for a quote unquote kids movie. Yeah. Like a lot of kids, kids movies, like everything goes back to the end, the, the way it was at the beginning by the end. And this, it didn't. It didn't give it like a nice super fluffy happy ending it was mm-hmm. like it was a happy ending but with a tinge of bitter sweetness yeah. to it yeah yeah I, I, for I, me i guess 
I like I said, I totally agree with you. I like that it was different, like hundred percent. It's not like you expected something, but that didn't happen. So I think that's awesome. But for me, it's just maybe thinking that in the first film, she tried so hard to be able to play race with the other characters. Like she had been trying for years and she had to build a car. There was this whole, like the first film was all about her getting to race. And then all of a sudden she's like, I don't want that anymore. <laughs> it was like, I don't think it was like all of a sudden. I think from what I could tell, they've yeah, some years been have doing passed. this for years. Yeah, that's true. And like anybody right. can get sick of something that they really yeah. like at some point. And I think that's what they were showing with that too. Like, that's a good point. Yeah. Just if somebody really likes something, it doesn't mean they're going to feel the exact same way forever. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And last thing, oh, what did you feel about the um, Vanellope singing scene? I love this song. <laughs> I See, love that. I'm so song. confused because I'm a huge musical theater geek, hundred percent. Like, love musicals, everything about them. But I don't know why I didn't love that scene. It's just, I like the idea. It's really funny. Mm -hmm. but I don't know if I liked the singing or there was something off there that I was like, but I really admire the idea. And I really like, I think it was funny, but I, it just, there was something off for me. I probably had a really off day watching that film. <laughs> maybe um, watch it sometime when you're in like a really great mood and maybe you'll feel Yeah, better. maybe. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was really smart and funny. And oh yeah, definitely great. smart. It was both a great parody of that type of song, but also a great song in its own right. I I just thought it was great. Maybe I think that's the thing for me. I think it's a great parody, but I don't know if I if I think it's a great song. Like I don't know if it's something that I would play on my phone. Like oh my gosh, this song. <laughs> I think that was my problem because I think it was a really smart parody, but I don't know if the song was for me. Mm -hmm. So for number one, I think we have the same one. Yeah, I, I think we do too. Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes, that is my number one as well. Yeah, so we agree on two things. Nice. <laughs> um, wow, this film, for me, it's art. Straight out art. Like, mm -hmm, wow. Like, just walking in the first minute, I was like, this is so cool. Like, the animation is like nothing I've ever seen before. Mm. And it's brilliant it's beautifully done and from the dialogue the talking things from oh my gosh like i, I cannot even like talk it's so so good the, the only thing i think for me is that i'm not a huge um superhero like fan it's just action things action scenes kind of bored me i i like dialogue a lot um that kind of person um so i'm not like oh i love the action stuff because it, for me that's not that interesting but for people who love that, wow, they're yeah. probably gonna <laughs> love that. But I think I love, for example, um, how much, for example, he's half, um, half and half, and on one side his mom is Hispanic, and I'm Hispanic, and so having him speak Spanish was so cool. I was like having yeah. Spider-Man be half Hispanic. That's awesome on the big screen. It's just this film. Like I, I, I even told my mom, like you're not into superhero films, but just watch this at least for the visuals because wow some the one scene that left me literally speechless and in awe is when he's jumping off the roof and there's like a slow motion of him like going backwards and there's yes. this playing i was like this alone deserves the oscar <laughs> like this oh, it, that's oh. it hands down wow it's just i'm sorry i'm talking so much go ahead <laughs> oh no i agree uh, the the movie was like mind-blowingly brilliant i mm -hmm. knew i was going to like this movie i did not know that i was going to absolutely love it and think that it was better than pixar's offering this year right in every way like it it blew the incredibles 2 out of the water oh 100 there was no contest this no. movie was amazing but, <laughs> like, the visuals alone were amazing but then they had a like a great story to back it up with great, great characters and just everything like i know you're not like a big comic book fan but like right. there were so many nods to different comic books even ones that i'd never heard of but like mm -hmm. i read about them before i watched the movie so i know what what they're talking about they just integrated like the lore of the comic books in such brilliant mm -hmm. ways even ways that i didn't catch at first but then i read about later and i'm like wow that's really brilliant like the main peter parker peter b parker the mm -hmm. one that 
he's like a sad sack who's yeah <laughs> divorced from mary jane like that that even had precedent in the comics because there was like this one limited run series that like nobody liked because it was so depressing <laughs> they like take that storyline and then use it in such a brilliant way in this movie mm-hmm. it's just it was so good like and i feel like even for people who don't like comic books there's still stuff to appreciate about the creativity of those stories, just the way that they're used in the movie. Like all the, I I like how different all the different Spider People were. Like yeah. totally different. Like you had the main Spider Man, and the one who's like the main Spider Man, but he's off, and mm-hmm. that alone is really brilliant. But then you have like the Miles Morales, who's yeah. a great new character. But then you have all these different ones, like the Spider-Noir, who's in Black. Yeah, the Nicolas Cage one. I love Yeah, that. and then Penny Parker, who is an anime character. Yeah. And Peter Porker, who is a cartoon <laughs> pig. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so brilliant. And, of course, Spider-Gwen, who is, like, a great twist on the character, too. Oh, yeah. Have, having Gwen Stacy become the spider not Spider-Man, but Spider-Woman, I guess. I don't remember mm-hmm. what she had. In the yeah, movie. something like that. The, the, have her get the spider powers instead of Peter Parker. Just all the different twists and things that they threw into this. It's just brilliant. I loved it. I think it was very fantastic. Also, the music was really good. Oh, yeah. The music I was really nice. I mention the music. Thing. It was so good. It just, it gave them the movie such a different feeling than any of the other movies that came out this year i totally and, agree and it's not like even music that i generally listen to on a oh, daily basis but it just it just worked so well in this movie mm-hmm. i i loved it and i really like the like we mentioned it's the writing like i the the whole like plot twist in the middle i'm not going to say in case someone yeah, hasn't yeah. seen it um I did not see that coming at all. Like, I literally gasped when that happened. I was like, oh, what? Yes, yes. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar enough with comic books. Like, I watch the movies and TV shows. So right. I, know, I know, like, the mainstream comic book mm-hmm. stuff because of those things. But I had not read Miles Morales' story. I knew he existed. I'd read about him. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know about the people in his life. And so this twist that happened midway through the movie blew me away in the best way possible. I was like, this is amazing and brilliant. Oh yeah. I feel like I'm sure people probably knew. Maybe. People who knew the story knew, knew, knew the twist was coming, but I think it was done in such a way that it was still brilliant. Even if somebody knew what was going to come of this later on. And there's many twists in the film. There's a, so it keeps you very like on your feet, like what's going to yeah, happen, yeah. which I think is fantastic. Like, oh my gosh, that film, if it doesn't win the Oscar, oh my yeah. gosh, I'd be so mad. Uh, but, I feel the same way. It's like, I, I kind of feel like it's probably not because like superhero movies don't really get a fair shake in a I mean, Black movies. Panther is um, nominated for Best Picture, so. That's true. I, I don't know if it'll win or not. And, and it's one of those things, like, I don't even know if... I really liked Black Panther, but... Yeah, but just having it nominated is a big deal. That's true. I'm glad that it was nominated, but I don't know if it'll win because... Oh, yeah, I don't it know. Had, it had a lot of flaws that I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if that's going to be... I don't know. We'll see. we'll see. Yeah, but what I mean is, like, even having a nominee, nominee for yeah, the Oscar, um, if this movie, the Spider-Man one, it's a big deal. I think yeah. it should definitely win, though. It's Has good. it done good in the box office i hope so i have i've not checked recently but i heard that it had done pretty well but yeah i really like the voice acting as well it's just a fantastic film like it really blew me away i was like this is something historical in animation i feel like it's definitely definitely something that is changing has changed the game you know it's bringing more uh people because you know in the past years, there's been always this kind of same animation style, the, you know, what works, the formula. And this just breaks everything we've known about mm-hmm. that. And I'm so glad it's bringing that. And I hope more big, like Pixar and DreamWorks, you know, get this feeling of like trying maybe 2D or a different style of just well, taking more risks. Like, I feel like Spider-Verse has already, I don't know, set waves in motion for other studios to start looking into the ideas that can come from this style of animation. Yeah. 
and it's so cool because he also has really good humor because it's like it's a serious film but it also has like nice humor in there so that's something that's i don't know this film is just it's something unique and very special and so i'm excited what's gonna that change the animation world like you said this could Mm. be from that so that's pretty great plus they are making a sequel at least a sequel and a spin-off series so oh nice so I looked up the budget. It had a budget of ninety million, and so far at the box office, and it's still in theaters. Yes. So far, it has made three hundred and forty point two million. Okay. So it's already tripled back its budget, like tripled and a half. Mm-hmm. More than tripled and a half. So. That's cool. It's it's. I feel like it deserves more. <laughs> it, yeah, but I feel like it's done well because it has legs like it has been in the theater for this long and it's still in the theater it's still making money it still will get more but it just took a while for i don't know for the word to spread of how great it yeah, was and I, I feel like the oscar nomination can only help i would hope i would mm-hmm. hope more people would go out and see it because of the oscar nomination i don't know we'll see but <laughs> it's already been successful it already has a sequel coming it has a spin-off coming and it sounds like it is starting to make other studios think about doing more in this style. So mm-hmm. to me, it's already beyond the success of how great it was as a movie, as, I don't know, as a franchise, as an idea, as an art style, it's beyond successful to me. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I guess that is all of our movies. Yay! <laughs> so... Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I I, I kind of want to do this, like, as long as my podcast does well enough, and I'm if I'm mm-hmm. still doing it next year, which I'm, I hope I will be, <laughs> I, I, I want to do this again. So maybe you could come back next year. And yeah, I would love that. I'll try to watch more films by then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I, I really like this style, and we had so much fun, like, ranking all the Pixar films. Oh, yeah. It's always so great to, like... Co-host. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. Uh, it's just, I think it's so great also seeing like someone who has so different like opinions from mine, like, because we're both very respectful and like we're very open of hearing each other's like mm-hmm. arguments of why we like a, a, a film. So I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. It's hard to find people who are like totally respectful of other people. <laughs> <on the internet. laughs> oh my gosh. Tell me about it. <laughs> Well, I guess, do you want to tell people where they can find you? Well, you can find me on YouTube as Animation Geek. Yeah, that's me, (laughs) if you want to come check it out. Okay, and I will try to have a link to that somewhere. Cool, cool. (laughs) Okay, well, thanks for joining me. Thank you. I will see you in another episode, because I'm sure I'll be back for something soon. Love that. We still need to talk about Next Gen sometime. We still do. I need to rewatch that, because I don't remember much. Like, compare all the Grinches. I, I think that'll oh be a fun episode. That'll be fun. Okay, bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'll have a link to Soul's channel in the description, as well as one to her video where we rank the entire Pixar canon. Next week, I'll be back with another episode similar to the Barbie episode I did with Soul, except I will be joined by Rachel Wagner. The first half will be a re-release of the episode of iHeart Animation covering the movie April and the Extraordinary World, and the second half will be a Q&A, sort of a get-to-know-you segment with Rachel. I'm really excited for this one, so we'll see you then. Thanks for listening.